This is it, Jamsters. Welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. This one being an emergency podcast, as DeAndre Ayton has officially been traded. He's been traded to the Portland Trailblazers along with Tumani Kamara as part of a three-team deal that sends Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. And then the Phoenix Suns, they go ahead and they get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, and Nasir Little. Matthew, this is the deal that everybody's been talking about. The rumors have been flying around. People's integrity has been questioned because these rumors haven't come to fruition. All that stuff's a moot point now, isn't it? The Phoenix Suns have moved on from DeAndre Ayton. The Ayton era is now over. Yeah, Ayton watches over. Um, should we play it? <laughs> should we yeah. play it one last time? Ayton watch. <laughs> I'm gonna miss you, Ayton watch. This is uh, I don't know how to feel really. Um, obviously, we were talking about last two pods how we don't want Nurkic really in a swap for DA. Um, so it just makes you think, right, that DA wanted out. And I think that, um, you know, Kevin O'Connor just sent out a tweet where he says the trust from Devin and Booker and Kevin Durant was probably not really there. Probably. Who knows, right? Because those two guys have to be in on the trade. They have to know, like, you're going to trade away our center. That's probably the best center we've ever had here in Phoenix for another guy that's injury prone. Um, is good defensively. Uh, we just don't know what to expect from him consistently this year, but they had to have just lost trust in the guy and it just was never there. So going into the season, they want to make sure that they're more stable. They have a guy there that understands the system that they can trust. And, you know, it's a year to year thing here in Phoenix. Um, DA will have maybe a solid career, but right now it's this year's a championship. They need to make sure they can trust everyone on the floor. That's my biggest takeaway. It does suck that he's gone because yeah. obviously we've had such a long run with him. Um, and you just wanted to kind of see how it would, you know, happen this year. And now it's it's done. It's a little fucking weird. Um, so I don't know how to really feel right now. Yeah, you know, when these things happen, much akin to when we got Bradley Beal, this is the processing phase. And that's what this live emergency podcast is. is it's a processing phase for us as fans, even though we knew potentially this is something that could be coming. Now that it has come to fruition, it's one of those things where you, you, you don't know how to feel, as Matthew just said. Uh, I think that it is important to understand that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant had to sign off on this almost undoubtedly. And they did. I mean, they, as, as you mentioned, Matthew, there was something in DeAndre, whether you love DA or you hate DA, there's something that these two players who play alongside him recognized and said, you know what, we'd rather go with something else. Uh, you look at all of the specifics of the deal, and I think it's a huge L for Phoenix. That's my initial reaction. Dane Lillard is going to now play alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Phoenix Suns gave up Tamani Kamara, who we were interested in. Yeah. And, of course, DeAndre Ayton. And Phoenix got the scraps from the deal, man. You know, Grayson Allen, ew. Like, so says Jay. is a very, very anti Grayson Allen. So if you ever listen to the uh, the Fan and the Flames podcast, he will definitely inform you of that. Now he's got a root for him. So I know what we're getting, Justin, for his birthday. It's one of those Grayson Allen jerseys. Uh, but you also, you know, Yusuf Nurkic, who we talked about on this podcast about a, a week ago, essentially being somebody who, while he might fit the system, quote unquote, part of his ability or lack thereof is availability. And that could be something that could be detrimental to the Suns if the Suns' depth behind him isn't taken care of. 
Nasir Little, Keon Johnson. I mean, these are uh, good rotational pieces, but who are we going to have to give up? I mean, the, the roster moves aren't done simply with DeAndre Ayton leaving because we've taken in more than we've given out, and we already had a full roster. So during training camp, there's going to be some, some, some fighting uh, for roster spots alone. So I'll ask you this, you know, but before we go more down, you know, kind of who and what DA meant to this organization, did Phoenix get stronger relative to their depth? Did they get fleeced on this trade? What do you think? Yeah, they did. Uh, they got better depth wise. I, I think it's going to help in the long run uh, right now. It's kind of like, well, you got back these guys that you just don't know if you can count on and who knows like how Grayson Allen as your little and Keon Johnson will do. Um, but going into the season, you kind of want the depth there. Um, I was thinking too, um, the trust thing was a big thing, but also with DA and the starting five position and the four position, what are you going to do there? I mean, DA is a guy that maybe just wants to play the four somewhere, obviously, but when the Suns are now without DA and a lot of these guys are battling for roster spots, do they like kind of go to the whole Kevin Durant plays the five in crunch time minutes a couple years ago on the pod. Like I've always mentioned, I've always liked KD finishing the game at the five. I know defensively it's probably not the best thing, but you got guys like Eric Gordon and you have guys like, um, you know, Josh Okogie that can play, you know, solid minutes in a small ball lineup. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, but I, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. Cause my, my first thing is like, Oh shit. Like it's just done. It's kind of like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, you kind of just got to get rid of them. You know what I mean? And you didn't get back really anything great, but then what was DA? Was he good? Like the thing is like, if you, and I'm sorry, I, I'm probably going off on your question, but that's fine. Was DA last year? Is there anything in the last two years you saw from DA that makes you think like, we got to hold on to him? Like how much longer could we hold on to this guy? Just hoping for something to happen. Right. Like ever since the finals, there was nothing there. So I know you can say like it doesn't look like a good trade, but what was D.A.? Right. The potential's there. Yeah, he's younger, but he hasn't shown anything really stats wise, defensively, statistics. They can be there. Um, But I just I think as a, a guy you can trust, that's the biggest thing with this team. And it just didn't really give me any kind of hope. I mean, I was hoping for something, but also it's just like I think it was just like, let's just get rid of them and then go from there where it's a year by year thing of winning a championship. So, you know, I'll do the sun's geek thing. Shout out. Sorry. Did that even ask your question? Does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I don't even know. I just, I'm kind of lost right now. Yes. And no, like yes. And, and no, forth. I don't know. Yes. And no, you know, I, again, it's, it's one of those things where there is no right answer right now. Uh, DA is someone who I was definitely excited to see play within the confines of this offense but you're right I mean we've waited on this guy for five years we've put so much talent around him the hustle's been inconsistent the attitude the engagement has been inconsistent and again it's his fellow players had to sign off on this so they must have seen the same things and said listen bring us a guy who will know his role because you have DA who's coming in he's, he's trying to change the narrative and what does that mean? And it's something I've said on the last couple of pods and things that I've been writing on Bright Side of the Sun is you need to understand that DeAndre Ayton's offensive production with this team is not going to be something that's going to make a lot of Suns fans 
happy because he's not going to get the opportunities. It's not like we changed over the roster and we were like, okay, DA is going to be the focal point. No, we're continuing with the guard centric offense because we have Bradley Beal now who's a, who skies scores at a higher clip than Chris Paul ever did. You have Kevin Durant, who obviously is one of the greatest and most silky smooth scores in the history of, of basketball period. It's not like DA was all of a sudden going to be some featured player in this offense. And maybe he wasn't satisfied with that. And going to Portland, he can be featured and he wants to be featured. And perhaps that is another factor into this trade. And if that's the case, then good. I'm happy for DA. I'm happy that he's going to go to a new place and have an opportunity to start his story over again. Because no matter what he does here in Phoenix, it's it's never enough. It's never it's never going to be right. There's always going to be something wrong due to the fact that he was the number one overall pick in the same draft that included Luka Doncic and Trey Young. So no matter what, he, he's always going to be fighting that uphill battle. Now DA has an opportunity to go to a new organization uh, who's going to embrace him with loving arms, and he might come back and bite us. I mean, October 16th, we play the Blazers. Uh, October 12th and 16th, we play the Blazers in preseason. Like, DA could come back to Phoenix on the 16th and and be like, see, see guys, showed you. That's the scariest thing. I think with all of this, I think that was the biggest thing with Mikael Bridges when he was traded away. It's just like, well, this guy showed that he can actually get it done. Last year, he showed exactly what he can do with the ball. He's a winning player and can make the winning plays. When he leaves and he goes and puts up those numbers in Brooklyn, that's a scary thing because you're like, well, we we have KD that's older now and maybe Mikael becomes something bigger. I'm not too worried about that. I think DA is going to be good. I do. Um, hopefully, you know, he has a good career. That's fine. And, but I don't think he'll be as good as what a Mikhail Bridges will bring to a team. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I'm not too worried about that. I don't know. I just, I'm not too worried about him kind of showing us up, you know, unless they start building something there in Portland, that's fun. And it makes sense. And he can be the centerpiece there. And we're like, fuck, dude, we really fucked up. Then we fucked up. And then we're Suns fans and our guys get injured and we don't win shit this year. And you we know call what? that par for the we course here. The Phoenix. Every year to get these guys here. I don't know. You just, it's it's sports, dude. So it's it's going to be a tough thing to to live through if DA becomes something because uh, there'll be a lot of clips of me on the internet all over the place being <laughs> such a DA hater, and it's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, time will tell. Ultimately, what will as we get further away from this transaction, if it was the right one, this will yeah. be a what if moment for Phoenix Suns history based on the results of this season. If this team goes out and win a championship, guess what? Right move. Yeah. But 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 at what breaking point does it become the wrong move? Is it they made it to the Western Conference Finals, but they couldn't get through Denver? We should have had DA. Wrong move. Is it they didn't make the Western Conference Finals, therefore it's the wrong move? It's too early to tell, but those are markers that we're going to have not only right now, but in future conversations, if no title comes from this transaction yeah um that's that's another thing is when you're gonna watch this team i don't think you'll know now i think um with da i'm uh, you're gonna always watch him of course and see how that team kind of produces with him on the court with the suns it's it's championship or bust every year um no matter who we kind of trade away who are we look forward to like adding to the roster in the next season if we don't make it it's you know it's it's one of those things where you just have to win. Otherwise, it's a failure. And yeah, you know, is it kind of one of those things now where it's like we always looked at Doncic? Well, I did the first three years. I looked at Doncic and compared the two. 
and like we mm-hmm. made the wrong decision all that stuff then i kind of got over it now it's just like did we make the wrong decision with this trade for da going the next couple years if we don't win a championship this doesn't work out and we are healthy nothing stops us no injuries then yeah it's a failure and i don't care what da in portland they're not going to be a championship contender obviously we like damn did we and he if he produces and is 2010 guy and maybe he's an all-star this year who knows then we fucked up but we'll see but like he said like we always said for like the past few pods there's something that they see even vogel getting there and wanting da and they'd be like okay never mind like they all have to be in on this to know like this is just not the right guy right now so that's that's all it is it's nothing about hating da or anything he'll probably be a decent player but it's just about these guys that are in the locker room knowing what he is and how serious they are about winning. No more fucking around. They have to get this done right now. That's what it is. It's winner win now. And James Jones with his new coaching staff and Frank Vogel and, and Fizdale and Kevin Young, they believe that this is the best opportunity to win now. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. You have to accept that because this is the team that they're going to roll out there. Suns Media Day is going to be really fun on Monday. I'll tell you that. I, I do want to give a, a shout out to some of the super chats. Again, thank you to everybody who is watching along live on the podcast right now, whether it be on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, put on those bell notifications because it'll let you know when we're going live because it can always be random like it is right now. If you're listening to this at a later time, please, please, please subscribe, rate, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it right here on the pod. Uh, Iverson in the chat. It's going to be barbecue chicken for ad and Jokic. uh it already was it already if you was. guys yeah right i mean I da was, during the season that, that, had his um during the season da had his way um sometimes with Jokic, it looked good but playoff wise they beat us i mean when ad was healthy two years ago three years ago that lakers team was going to beat us with the healthy da or ad um so i don't know i mean i'm not trying maybe i'm just trying to defend my team Cause I just don't care who's on this roster. You have to trade Devin Booker to win a championship. I don't care. Like just, they got to win. So no one sniff that and throw that in Matthew's face at a later, later time. Uh, <laughs> Black Sunday in the chat. You thought it was all BS, John book and KD been wanting this man gone since last season ended. I mean, proof's in the pudding. There's not much I can say but, to that. Thank and you. I was thank you for the you $5 too, like, Black Sunday. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, I know you were saying that, but, you think it was just one of those things where it's like, all right, let's just do it. They were like kind of hesitant, like, God, is this enough? But then they're just like, like we just got to do it. We got to get rid of him because he wants out. We just can't deal with him anymore. So they just had to do it, right? I mean, uh, obviously it wasn't bullshit, but still, was it the deal you think they really wanted? I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not because, again, so. in my opinion, they helped. I don't know if you necessarily can say that they helped um portland get better but because milwaukee was involved milwaukee got better because they yeah. got dane lillard but they lost drew holiday drew holiday will be paired oh. now with deandre ayton okay so yeah in in a sense if you look at the assets involved from a talent standpoint only and that's what we typically do when we look at these trades from a talent standpoint out only the finkson's clearly lost and that's just, and they helped facilitate this trade and that's part of the frustration that i think a lot of us are feeling right now it's like not only did we lose da we didn't get anything back that was spectacular why two other teams got spectacular assets back when you were talking about Yurkic, uh or i'm sorry Nurkic and and og and anobi as potentially being uh part of a transaction that brought yeah. 
you know, or that, that sent DeAndre Ayton out, that's something that you go, okay, well, OG, Nurkic, I can see how they can be the four and the five. This makes sense. Uh, this team is, is, is stacked. We're going to, you know, go, and that didn't happen. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that this was going to be a lot of BS. Obviously, it, it's not. And that's something that we have to, you know, accept. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I, yeah. And I know we didn't get anything back. That's crazy. Um, oh, Libertarian Sasquatch 199. Thank you. I hate Grayson Allen. <laughs> We're getting I a lot of that in the chat. I know. I know. I mean, and he's uh, he's a good three-point shooter, right? A pesky guy. It, you might end up liking him on your team. You he might end up liking him on your team. Yeah. So who knows? And if he, even if he stays, who knows? Maybe it's not over. Maybe we get rid of him. But just really quick, the Suns do have Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and Kevin Durant on this team. So we don't have the flashy asset back, but we do have those guys. So all of this is all this has to do with is getting that one solid piece at the center position that they can believe and trust. And I think that's all it is. We didn't get a good if we would have got uh drew holiday back or something you know i'm just saying like somebody else that's like oh that's a flashy guy that's a good one that's an all-star it has to fit yeah and a guy that's an all-star too might not want to come here with three all-stars already so you know what i mean so it's just i think it has to deal with just kind of getting rid of him and finding a solid piece well i mean nurkic you know in theory is a solid piece if he's available and healthy he does fit the scheme uh what frank vogel wants to accomplish if healthy that's been the debate you know, if he plays 45 games a season, when DA's giving you 65, yeah, like, yeah, a, a, the availability is the best ability, and Nurkic isn't providing that, and that's something that you have to hope. And, again, you have to make sure – I've stated this before. You have to make sure that you've shored up that back, uh, the backup five depth. Drew Eubanks, he's like, I'm, I finally got out of Portland. I don't have to back up Nurkic anymore. Now <laughs> Nurkic is in Phoenix. He's like, God damn it. Yeah. I just can't get away from this guy, God damn it. Uh, again, with Libertarian Sasquatch, thank you for the dollar ninety nine in the chat. I think we all hate great hate Grayson Allen. It's going to be interesting to see how he grows on us over these next few months. Because you know what, I hated Chris Paul once upon a time too. Uh, classy, nasty one ninety nine. Damn, it really happened. Thank you for the super chat, and I agree, and I think we can all agree with that statement right there. Damn, it it really happened. With less than a week to go before training camp, it really happened. A libertarian Sasquatch did, did add another dollar ninety nine. Says Nurk will be in street clothes for the playoffs, just like Chris Paul was. Yeah, and just just remember all every trade. I feel like the Suns pulled through. It's like we, especially last year. I was kind of I was excited at first, but then kind of got down about Mikhail leaving. But like even if you go back to the Chris Paul trade, a lot of there's always like the fucking like oh this sucks. You know what I mean? There's always these repercussions. It's never perfect, right? Until you see it on the court. So obviously it's one of those things we just have to kind of just see it to believe it. And then maybe the way that they play and they win games easily with Nurkic at the center, if he is playing or we have to have the backups come in, who knows if we're winning those games, you'll easily forget the 20 game win streak is still going to happen this year. Without oh, so Matthew it's going to happen. It. Matthew dropping it. Um, <laughs> I do like what saltiest gaming says in the chat and there is some merit to this. I'm just glad we're done with all the eight and stuff. More now. I mean, that is that is a, a side product of this. Matthew and I have been uh, conducting this podcast for four years. I mean, obviously, that's been throughout the entire duration of DeAndre Ayton's time with Phoenix. No more eight and watch. No more no. picking apart a player. No more 
you know, th there'll be other players to pick apart, but the Aiton stuff is now a thing of the past. Yeah, it's kind of sad just because um, I loved talking about him for 20, 30 minutes. I did, but it wore us out. You know, it, it took a toll on us all season long, every season. It Gone. did. It's over. Well, it's, you know, it, it was the peaks and valleys, right? Because Aiton himself had peaks and valleys. He had, you know, stretches during the regular season last year where he looked engaged and dominant. And you're like, this is the guy. And then he would go through his lulls of lack of engagement, lack of productivity. And you'd be like, this isn't the guy. And then at the end of the season, obviously he was injured. He wasn't available for game six. Didn't have a great playoff run in any way, shape or form. Uh, did play somewhat well against the Clippers, but not very well against the Nuggets. Of course, nobody did. And we were kind of done with him at that point. But then the offseason started. Bradley Beal joined the team. And there was that, that, that you know, that, that peak and valley. The peak came back. I'm like, okay, we're excited for him to be in the valley. So now, you know, that, that peak, those peaks and valleys relative to that specific player are gone. It's going to be weird seeing him in Portland, that's for sure. Uh, it's going to be weird seeing Yusef Nurkic as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Like, that's going to take a little getting used to. Uh, Nasir Little, I think, is, is a quality addition. I do think Grayson Allen is a quality addition. Simple Eats says it in the chats. He goes, Grayson is, an over, is overhated. He's a fine role player. We need some dirty players to irritate guys anyways. Yeah. I wouldn't go as so far as say we, we need dirty guys, but we need fuck shit up guys. And, and that's what he will bring to this team. So that's a good asset as well. Keon Johnson, you know, that's somebody who could get waived. Uh, I'll ask you this question, Matthew. Is there? Any, let, mm -hmm. Let's say we keep all four players, okay? Yusuf Nurkic, we're going to play. We're going to keep. Uh, not to your level, we're definitely... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill i'm gonna keep grayson allen keon johnson if we have to get rid of two players off of our team that don't involve two-way contracts which two players would would you think that the suns would pass on oh my god i don't know who do you think i don't know i think bull bull and shemetsi metu could be on the chopping block um, that size, though, uh, especially like I, Chimessi Metu is one of those players who, when you go back and you look at him, he, he's somebody who sees his opportunity, two-way contract, two-way contract, finally kind of caught with the Spurs, played in Sacramento, uh, ultimately didn't get, uh, was kind of played out of the lineups because he, he was kind of a DA type in the sense that he uh, wanted more engagement and wanted to do more rather than fall into his role with the team. Um, and Bull Bull, again, I, I think everyone kind of understands how I feel about Bull Bull. I just, I think that he is a man in the middle, uh, and not, I don't mean a center. I mean, somebody who is too tall and skinny to be, uh, an effective interior player because he can get pushed off his spots easily and too tall and skinny to be an effective perimeter defender. And therefore he doesn't really have a, a, a place in the NBA just due to his skill set. Yeah. I'm not sure, man. I don't know. I mean, I believe I'm I'm with you on Metu, but I don't know who else. Because you know, I just the Bobo thing. I'm kind of interested to see. Obviously, I don't know who else I would give up. I don't know. It's just I mean, our depth is just it's almost just great. 
I love it, right? And you have some other guys now that makes it even better. There is depth there. It's not the fun player that you really want, but there's absolute depth. I don't know. It does solidify some depth with some more well-known talent. But again, like I felt like a lot of the talent that we have on this roster that, that James Jones built was, ooh, somebody just said Wainwright in the chat. That's correct. Get rid of Ish Wainwright. But that's what I was saying. I'm like, is he... He's Where was that? I thought, okay, yeah. He's, John John Nelson. On, yeah. Wainwright. Get Wainwright. Yeah. By Wainwright. I agree with so that. So those Sorry, two, man. I would keep Bobo. I would keep Bobo for sure. Um and yeah, I, I can deal with I can deal with those two going. Um, but uh really quick too, uh Salty's gaming, good stuff. Can we admit he is officially a bust? DeAndre. Nope, not yet. Nope. Not yet, right? Not yet. A bust with the Suns. I mean, yeah, yeah. compared compared to the fact that he is a number one overall pick relative to production. But I also think that Aiton didn't necessarily and, and, and I know that there'll be some pushback on the comments I'm gonna say. But Aiton didn't necessarily get a fair chance, quote unquote, because he is has been in a guard-centric system since his third year. His first two seasons, remember, he, he came out in, in season one with the Phoenix Suns back in 2018, and he put up some pretty decent statistics. Now, granted, the team overall won 19 games, but DA in that first year was a 16-10 and 10 guy. That next season, granted, it was less games due to COVID and the fact that he had a 25-game suspension. He played in a total of 38 games in 2019-2020. He had 18.2 and 11.5. Those were career highs in both. They trade for Chris Paul. They become a more guard-centric offense, and his, his overall statistical numbers start to fall. His overall field goal percentage increases. He goes from, he goes from 58 and 54% to 62 to 63 and then 58 last year. So I wouldn't say he's necessarily a bust. I just don't think that he was in a in, in a position to provide statistical dominance like a number one overall pick should. Now that being said, uh, it was his lack of engagement and probably due to a lot of that due to the sheer fact that he wasn't a, a an offense that didn't complement him. And that's where you can you know if you look at the the bust uh, moniker, I think that it's it's something that the bust aspect was his attitude and effort. His bust aspect was his lack of mental resiliency to push through that and just embrace the fact of a role player all the time. And he did it a lot of the time, but it wasn't all the time. And that's where we held it against him as, as a yeah. fan base. It's like, do we want this from him all the time? He's number one overall pick. You know, I don't need Luca numbers, but I need somebody who can go out there and give me, you know, give the Suns 25 points and 12 rebounds. He does that. He's not a bust from a statistical standpoint, but ultimately I don't think time will tell he's entering his prime as a player. Do you think he's a bust, Matthew? No, no, not yet overall. But, I mean, it does suck that he's your – for his sons, maybe I guess you can throw the bust on there. But it, it's kind of difficult because what we'll do in the future is we'll look back on his stats. We'll look back on those seasons and be like, what? Like, they weren't bad. He wasn't an all-star. But it's like, why were you guys so upset? You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where it's like it's a bad relationship. You look back on it, you're like, well, you know what? There are these good times and stuff, but overall – it's just disappointing. We're not growing. We're not going to actually win as a person, as a team. There you go. That's a good analogy, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. I think for the Suns, you're spending your first number one overall pick on him and then it ended up this way. It does suck, dude, because there's other guys that were drafted after him. Because if you want to – I don't even want to get into that. Obviously, not even Luca. other guys that are still on their teams and um, providing, you know, great – just, you know, they're all-stars already and stuff like that. So that sucks. So for the Suns, yes, but it's not over. It's a young career. Um, I think it's just difficult to nip it in the bud and just be like, hey, 
we're, we got to move on because he was a number one overall pick. You don't want to be wrong about this, right? But it's a new management, it's a new owner, and they're just like, who gives a fuck, dude? He's not gonna, he's not gonna fit with this team. No matter how much everybody wants it to happen, it wasn't gonna happen. Obviously, it's over. So, I think we gotta gotta play some funeral music or something. You know, it's just yeah, it's uh, it's very yeah, it's depressing, dude. I'm sure I'll be like, God, I'm gonna miss him. I'm sure. One hundred percent. 100%. Yeah. Um, I won't miss some of the frustrations I had at the end of games, but I, I guarantee you that Yusuf Nurkic is going to replace some of that. I guarantee you that. What are your What are your thoughts on this Nasir Little? I mean, obviously, we've talked about Nurkic in the past. For those of you who uh, haven't, go back and, and listen or watch some of our previous podcasts. We talked a lot about, you know, the three phases of evaluating a player. One of them is through the eyes of advanced metrics, where ultimately – that edge went to Dion, or I'm sorry, to uh, Yusef Nurkic. I mean, he's somebody from an advanced standpoint, uh, has better interior defense, has better rebounding overall ability, uh, better rim protection and shot deterrence. All those arrows pointed towards Nurkic. If you look at body language, uh, it's it's hard to tell because we didn't watch him time in and time out, but he is uh, much, much heavier than DeAndre Ayton, so he lumbers a little bit more. Obviously, he's had injury challenges in the past. Uh, considering the fact that he, you know, and they're all lower leg injury stuff, you know, he's, but he's, he's uh, calf issues, calf strain last year, um, had a, uh, another leg injury, a couple of years, two, like 2019 or 20. Um, so he, that's one aspect. And then you look at obviously the statistical output and, and Aiden had hired statistical output, but Nurkic, you know, per John Gambadoro, per what a lot of people have said in the past, he fits, this team, what they need better than ultimately DeAndre Ayton could. Do you agree with that? And then we can talk a little bit about Nasir Little. Yeah, no, I, I think I can't say it enough where it's more of a competent center just for right now. Um, I think when, when we do talk about them, and I don't know why, so this is the thing that's driving me crazy. And I'm not hating on Ayton or anything like that. I'm just saying with Nurkic, it's like, why do you guys remember how good he was? I know you go back and look at stacks, stats, not stacks. If you look stacks at the stats, on stacks on stacks, yeah, they don't compare to DA has better stats, right? But it's just like, do you remember how good he was with Lillard when he was healthy? Like, that was a good one two duo. I'm I, like, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of crazy saying that. So it hasn't happened in forever, but Portland's just been falling apart, anyways. Who knows if the injuries really held him back or they just wanted to actually. You know, be like, hey, there's nothing here anymore. We got to kind of blow it up. Maybe that was the situation. But if he is healthy, dude, I'm, I just, I think he's fine. I think he's going to be agree. good. You I know what I mean? Like, I just, I just think it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, he, he will. I think they'll be fine, dude. I think he's going to fit in there just perfect, dude. And it's not going to be about him, really. Right. It's just about don't fuck things up. Don't mess <laughs> things up with this offense. Let the other guys handle the ball. And that's, and that's, what that's lot, how he'll be. He, he's not going to care about touches or anything like that. He's just going to be a good, solid center. What everybody's saying in the chat is just that, you know, like, he, but he's always hurt. Our team's slow too. And like someone did put in the chat, I'm sorry that DA, they said DA will excel with a fast paced offense. I think that was. Yeah, I saw that. Weird. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he will there too, but we're, we're slow, right? We have to be. I mean, I think. We're not Chris Paul slow, but we're not going to be a fast-paced offense. I don't think. I thought I thought we were going to be a little bit more of a transition team, considering the fact that you have Bradley Beal and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant kind of lead the break. Uh, but again, that's one of those things that we're going to have to see yeah. moving forward with this team. Um, 
I'm still trying to talk myself into this as a Suns fan. Nasir Little. So to give you kind of a, an overview of Nasir yeah. Little, um, shout out to Blazers Edge, uh, their SB Nation site for the Portland Trail Blazers. They always do a great job of putting together uh, a lot of this information. And we actually, uh, I have a contact uh, as, as far as Portland Trail Blazers podcasting goes. So we'll definitely be reaching out to him and probably do another podcast later this week. Yeah, be awesome. Uh, discussing more of these specifics. Um, but, uh, you know, to know about Nasir Little, you know, he's somebody who was a rookie in 2019 slash 20. So he came in a year after DeAndre Ayton was taken as the 25th overall pick. You'd take a look at just last season form is what I'll focus on. 6.6 points per game, 2.6 rebounds, 0.9 assists, uh, shot 44.2% from the field and 36.7% from three-point range, 71% from the free throw line. Um, his on-off advanced stats, he was a minus 8.9 on-court plus minus a 6.6 on-off swing. 56% of the time at small forward, 22% of the time at shooting guard, 21 at power forward, 1% at point guard. Uh, career low in rebounding rate, career high in three-point rate and three-point center. So he definitely is a, uh, somebody who last season was kind of taken out of his role as uh, somebody who could focus on the interior. They moved him a little bit out to the uh, exterior. You know, played off the bench primarily, 54 games last season, four starts. Uh, it, you hear that? You hear that siren, everybody? That's, uh, that's the emergency podcast. Uh, 18.1 minutes played last season, uh, so, some injuries and reading through, you know, what Blazers edge has out there. They say for every topic that left Blazers observers in a divide, opinions were almost unified when it came to Nasir Little's development. The effort is already there. And if consistent shot, if a consistent shot follows, Portland will have unearthed yet another gem to add to an already blossoming offense. Um, I kind of see Nasir Little as like a more developed Tumani Kamara. You know, somebody who Tumani, we want him to be, is kind of the lost, not your little type. Although Little's six foot five, you know, he's 220. Um, so he doesn't have that length necessarily. Did have an injury uh, prone season. They did say that perhaps the most appealing thing about Little's red hot shooting start over the opening month was that it wasn't circumstantial. Filling out the bingo card, there was everything from one legged Dwayne Wake like pull ups to miniature fourth quarter takeovers and even shades of legitimate playmaking chops. So this is going to kind of shore up some of that depth behind, you know, the, the two slash three for Phoenix. Do you think that this is a, a good move in bringing him in? Yeah. And I think it's just it has to do with the effort. It's uh, it's an effort guy. That's always going to leave it on the floor. That's huge. And that fits his team. The only thing it's course injuries and stuff. I didn't play too much last year. I think it was only 54 games. So if he could stay healthy though, and provide everything you, you, that you said that, you know, his shooting's increasing every, every year, um, his, shot off the the dribble shot off even like just um the the passes it's increasing from last year to this year so i like the fact that he is a guy that can get out there and just show you know i want to prove myself and i i belong on a team right i want to I, I belong maybe even a starting lineup on a lesser team maybe not this team but that's huge for this team i, I don't think we can have enough of those guys and obviously that's a guy that DA just really wasn't that we saw for five years. He's not replacing DA, but this is a guy that's just like automatic, kind of a little plus for us to have. When you first look at the trade, you see those names. You're like, yeah, what, who, who are these guys? Grayson Allen, of course, everyone zero narrows in on him. Forget about your Nurkic. You forget about that guy. Grayson Allen, we hate that guy. But if you really go down the line, you're like, oh, these are actually good, solid role players. He's, he's exceptional. I think it'd be interesting to see him because I haven't seen him play too much. Right. So on this team, mm -hmm. I bet you he, he'll bring some uh, some great passion, I feel like, off the bench coming in these games. Keon Johnson's another name uh, that's coming over from Portland in this deal. And he's somebody who, 
you know, I, I could see the Phoenix Suns ultimately waiving him as, as a part of this deal just to, op- you know, to, to keep under yeah. that, that those roster spots and availability. You know, somebody, he's second year, he's entering his third year, originally drafted by uh, the New York Knicks, and then he was with the, the Clippers, and then, you know, Portland last year, uh, two seasons with, ago with them in only 22 games, he averaged 9.7 points. You know, but he too is a, a six foot five guy, just like Nasir Little, almost a little duplicitous. Only averaged four point seven points. He did so on a thirty seven point six field goal percentage, uh, and from beyond the arc, he was thirty four percent. I mean, I could definitely mm-hmm. see uh, uh, Keon Johnson being waived. I think that this is kind of a salary match kind of thing to kind of get him in there. That's another thing we haven't talked about is how this all, uh, overall affects the the Suns. I, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> That's just so fucking confusing. Well, I mean, you, you look at it overall. So, so real quick, Keon Johnson, tell me your thoughts on Keon Johnson. Do the Suns even keep him? I don't, I don't have any thoughts. Is that okay? That's the one name I That's saw. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, I think um, my friend, cause I was on the phone with my friend David while I was working and you text him like, Oh, I got to go. He's like, and I told him the trade. He said, Keon Johnson, a guy, he he knows everything though. He's just like he should probably replace me for the podcast. He said that uh, he's he's a guy that's up and coming. There's some potential there. That's all I know. For, we'll for see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. Keon, right, what they do with Keon them. Johnson. You know, making two point eight million. Um, somebody who will have a rookie extension in his future, but not not this year. Uh, you know, you look at how the roster construction does go from a cap sheet standpoint. This season, Kevin Durant's at forty six point four. Bradley Beal's at 46.7, D books at 36, and then it drops off. Yurkic is now 16.8. Uh, and when you look at uh, Nurkic's upcoming years left on his deal, I believe he has three years left on his deal. I'm looking at that right now on good old spot track. Yeah, it's this year. So he's an unrestricted free agent in 26. Uh, Grayson Allen is at 8.5, which becomes a highly tradable contract if need be. He is an unrestricted free agent next year. So that does open up some money in the future and some flexibility, whereas you didn't necessarily have that with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, Keon Johnson is uh, – oh, and Nasir Little is at 6.3, and he just signed a four-year $28 million extension. So he's not an unrestricted free agent until 27. So the big – you know, if you're looking at this long-term, you know, Nurkic – you can move off of for three years, but at a sixteen point, you know, sixteen point eight million dollar contract, that is something that is movable, and as is Grayson Allen. So, Suns might not be done yet. Come trade deadline. Yeah, I think you just see how this works. Um, I really think the ultimate takeaway is the depth that we did add with Nazir Little and Grayson Allen. I I just think it's it's good depth. Um, it it's is. kind of what they've been doing all, all all season long. It's just stacking that depth. Um, it's going to be huge when injuries do happen. So, Dame with Giannis. Yeah. Thoughts. It's weird, right? I don't. I don't know. I think uh, when Giannis spoke up and he talked about how he wants to make sure they're contending every year, they snuck in there and they got Dame. The thoughts I wanted, why is he not with Miami? He said he wants to be with Miami. Otherwise, he would be traded, right? He wants to be traded if he does not go to Miami and play with the Heat. Now he's in Milwaukee, far from Miami, not the same at all. No, um, I, I've never been to either city, but I'm sure they very, very, they're pretty drastically different. But he is playing to win a title, Dame, and that's his best chance. I mean, if he were to go to Miami, yeah, it'd be more of a struggle, though, because now you're playing with the best player on the planet and you just have to do what you do. 
and that's going to be fun to watch defensively. I don't know. I don't really care. Honestly, I think those, that team's going to be better to watch. I was kind of sick of watching Milwaukee with how big they were and just defensively strong. They were, um, I think if I were, you know, going into the NBA championship, we're playing the bucks again. And we only are playing against Lillard instead of the way that, you know, ah, that defense just tore us apart. Right. Um, it'd be nicer to go, go up against Lillard defensively for sure. I'm interested to see how it works out because the reason that team won a championship two seasons ago, three seasons ago, I guess it's three seasons ago now is drew holiday. Yeah. And his defensive prowess. And I mean, that, 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 that was the catalyst. I mean, you look at the end of the game when Dev Booker had a, ch- a chance to win the game and Drew Holiday is the one who strips him. And Dave Miller is an amazing sto- score, a 33-year-old amazing score, but an amazing score altogether. And I just, I, I have to see it. I don't know if they necessarily got better because they killed some of their depth along the way too. But we'll see. They also gave up uh, some picks. What do you think about Tamani Kamara not being a member of this team? I don't know if he was going to get any minutes here anyways. This whole summer league thing was fun. Um, I kind of forgot about him even fitting into this roster and rotation. Um, it's one of those where it's like you you get the good pick. He showed up in summer league, so it's kind of more interesting now for the receiving team to know like, hey, he has some potential. So that was kind of big for us for him to show up in summer so that we can actually add him to the trade to kind of complete things. I don't know if he was the last thing to be added or the last player, not a thing, my bad, the last player to be added. And it kind of got things done. So that kind of helped us with that summer run. Um, I don't know. I don't have any because he hasn't played yet really in a real Suns uniform yet. So nothing, no uh, no attraction to really seeing how he does. The other team. Parker Hines, one of our elite jamsters in the chat, asked the question, thoughts on Blazers trying to trade Drew Holiday? Oh. You think Drew would want I out? Care. I don't know if Drew uh, wants to play there. Well, I don't know if it's a matter of him wanting out or not. It's, it was <laughs> one of the a... mechanics of the deal. Yeah. And they might just be moving on to garner more assets because, again, they have Scoot Henderson now. So, like, you're not going to feature Scoot, you know, as your primary. So they might be moving on, which makes sense. I don't know if I really care because it's not going to affect the Suns. Like, we're not going to go out and get Drew Holiday next. You know, we would have made that happen with the initial deal. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Anything else you want to talk about before I have to go back to work, Matthew? No. Um, you know, it's time for me to go back to running a little late. But, um, no, I think we'll have a follow-up pod, right? Just as everything yes. kind of settles, get everyone's takes, get maybe a DA interview, some interviews um, from the players. I don't know if that'll happen. I don't. We'll I can't see DA. Them. Huh? We'll reach out to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like for other, you know, like DA, like, hey, DA, you got traded? I don't know. I mean, I know media day is coming up, so I'm sure there's not going to be anything till then. But it'd be interesting to hear if there's like a tweet or something out there or from a player, you know, like with a sad face, a broken heart. Um, we can probably get on that and talk about that later, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Thank you, everybody who's joined us live, whether uh, you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button wherever you're at. If you're listening at a later time, do us the same. Subscribe, rate, review. If you want to become an elite jamster, hit the join button on the YouTube channel to get extra perks along the way. Uh, again, an, uh, another monumental day. I mean, that's what, James Jones has been throwing lobs. A monumental day, monumental day, monumental day, monumental day, monumental day. It's let's just get this damn season started already, man. This has been nuts. Yep.
All right. So make sure you follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter. Make sure you read my writing. We already have a piece up on brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lucy. And sometimes you can read his writing as well there on Brightside as well. Uh, until we come to you again, which might be sooner than you think. Come love your family.